Good morning, everybody. Happy Friday. We made it. Uh, yeah, as the title of today's show would suggest, is there any good news out there right now? Seriously. Maybe the, the airlines. Airlines the other day said that uh, they've mostly recovered. But putting that aside, is there any other good news? Any stock-specific headline that's good? Honestly, macro headline that's good? Doesn't seem like it. Maybe, maybe I, I'm missing the good news out there, but it just feels like every headline we get is negative every day. More stocks down 15, 20 percent. Uh, so that's what we'll talk about today. Uh, we will have a little bit of a lighter show in part because Kenny Glick is our guest. He's always uh, um, guy. He, he always has a a humorous way of approaching the market. So we'll be joined by Kenny in about uh 14 minutes and um that's it so smash the like button here we go coming to you live from downtown detroit this is benzinga's pre-market prep with your host Joel Conan this is a volatile puppy here isn't it and Dennis Dick i've been the penny i will buy the stock for a penny everything you need to start your trading day. All right, Joel, if you would be so kind to bring your charts up on the screen for me, let's take a look at the overnight market, which which was a little bit quiet, and then we'll get into what happened yesterday. Uh, because that is where my focus is right now. All right. This is going to be a fun show today, I can tell already. Uh, We're down three and a half handles at 43.87. Started to flirt with the lows for the week, but caught a bid. I haven't spent much time being green, so that's going to be very important to avoid the old Friday, you know, end of the week and, you know, end on the lows trick. So we'll see if we can get green on the session. That's not far away. Uh, crude down a buck 41, just up and down, up and down this week. And a down day to day, down a buck 35 at 102.42. Uh, gold, oof, couldn't clear 1960 and completely down $14 at 1934.20. Silver. Not under 26, not under 25, but getting close to getting under 24, down 30 cents at 24.32. Bitcoin just dancing around 40K, down $700 at 40,445, 545. And Ethereum futures are not down as much on a percentage basis, only down $14 at 30.10. All Triple right. D, so, what do you have? What do you have for me? Uh, we've come back off the lows. That's the good news. The bad news is there's like a whole pile of people just sitting up a little bit higher, ready to sell again. Yeah, because that's what it, yeah. we're in. We're in the salva rent market. I mean, Dennis, I feel like you're usually the one. Or you, usually, yeah, you're the one that comes in and you're, you're all doom and gloom. But I, I can't help but feel that way today myself because – do you do you agree with that sentiment? It just seems like every day there's another company that's uh it was a horrible quarter, guys. Yes. And and maybe we're, we're really not even into the meat of earnings season yet. Next week things get really heavy. We're gonna hear from a lot of big names. And so uh we've already heard from semiconductor companies, they've warned. We've heard from Netflix, they 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 
crap the bed. We heard from The Gap pre-reported uh, or reported Corsair pre-reported said it was a horrible quarter for them. How many terrible quarters were out there? A lot. Because people have less discretionary income going forward and these quarters are going to not be as, I think, you know, you're, you're seeing rosy quarters. I think going forward, it's going to be even tougher because with the rising interest rate environment. With that being said, I have finally laid out the scenario. Yes. I laid it out for myself, wrote it down on a piece of paper to talk with everyone because Everyone keeps saying, when is this over? When is this over? When is this over? It's going to be over. This is my scenario. Never know anything. Scenario analysis. Set what up we a do, scenario. What you pay us for. Yeah, this is what, what I'm looking at here. You will see this market get legs in a continued sustained rally when we see a CPI number come in that is showing softness. That is showing like prices are actually coming in a bit. You got to almost wait. For the next CPI number because people are panicking. But I will tell you, the Fed will get ahead of this. I'm seeing it around me already. Boat prices in this area are collapsing. And I mean they are collapsing because the first people when people are tighter for money, they sell their boat. And my my one buddy Jeff follows us very closely, and I'm looking at it too. Last year he couldn't get a boat. People were paying like I, I bought my boat. Well, well, I won't go into details, but I mean the boat that I bought yacht, yacht, eight years ago, the boat that I bought yacht. eight years ago, eight years ago, I could have sold last year and almost doubled my money. That's how crazy the demand got for boats. But you're seeing that all come out right now. And the boat prices are absolutely collapsing around. So that's the first thing. Big ticket, luxurious item. It's like, okay, well, we're getting tight for cash. Let's sell the boat. So you're seeing boat prices fall, which is a sign for me that you're starting to start to see demand destruction which is what we're going to see happen. So we will see, not maybe the next one, the CPI, but you will eventually see the CPI start to come in. And that's your green light to start buying stocks. Until you start seeing inflation data coming in soft, that's, you know, you're you're early on the trade. And I think there could be a lot of pain. I think this could be an ugly earnings season. Um, I think the earnings themselves might be okay, but I'm worried about the guidance. It's not all going to be UAL. So we're going to get some important information next week. But I would say I'm not jumping the gun and getting all excited and getting off of 53% cash now. Yes, I'm up to 53% cash. You know why? Because the 48% cash or stocks that I had went down 1% yesterday, which brings me up. So um, I'm not getting off that high cash. I'm not buying stuff for the long-term portfolio until I see inflation start coming in the data. So we now have the official launch of the BFSI. That's the Boat for Sale Indicator. It is. Okay. okay. That's actually Jeff, my real estate uh, buddy there. He's um, he's right. Um, you look around and, and, he, I, and he's giving me a feel for the real estate market too. And he's like, it is gone soft just like that. January, February, record sales, record prices in Ontario. Right now, crickets. How long because do you think people you'll... are waiting and hold out? It's like I don't know. I think prices might come in a little bit. So people, the 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 overall market here, the real estate market, people are starting to get a feel that hey, uh, maybe it's not as hot as it was. Maybe I don't have to pay up for that house. And you've got people that are like, I got to sell my house. I got to get it up there. So listings are going up, sales are going down, prices are starting to come in a little bit. I haven't collapsed yet. It's starting to come in, but it's coming, man. Oh, it's coming. It's also just possible that consumer spending is shifting 
temporarily right now from goods to services, right? Mm-hmm. I think Bank, Bank America wrote about this yesterday. You're getting uh, that too. Right. So, you know, and, and we kind of saw that with uh, the airlines basically said, I mean, business is booming right now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so may, and so maybe people are, not, they're just not spending money on stuff. They're spending money on experiences and going places and services, right? Uh, right. Going out to eat, right? Not new appliances, not a boat, not a car, right? Not big ticket items. So that's also possible. What is the over under on CNBC p- picking up on the BFSI? Do you think they'll do it today or do you think they'll do it next week in the, a little special segment? I don't know, Joel. About, about inflation coming I don't up. know. <laughs> oh, what, what do you think the over under? And you know what the thing is? Is like we, we've gone back and forth about a boat, right? And getting out on a lake in a boat. I, You know why I don't want a boat? First of all, Man, they're a ton of work, right? I mean, yes. you, you got to know what you're doing, right? And also, like, if I had a boat and I took people out, then, like, I have a huge responsibility, right? I want to be able to, like, go crazy and party and everything. So if it's more work and I don't get to have fun, I don't want a boat. So <laughs> the whole scenario analysis. Boating is awesome. Georgian Bay. Should, I'm going to come I up on your boat this summer, man. My kids. I've been they, at the marina. They got the countdown there on the clock. And it's like 13 weeks to launch, 12 weeks to launch, 11 really? weeks to launch. My kids ask me every day, how many weeks to launch? All they care about is the boat. Boating is awesome. If you're not a boater, you don't know. Once you start boating, you're like, uh, why was I ever doing anything else? Greg's got it. Nothing beats it, man. Greg's got it. You, you, you don't want to Greg boat. say? You don't want a boat. You want a friend with a boat. Well, that's, that's good, too. Yeah, that's, that's probably good. the best if you have a good friend with a boat. Hey, Dennis, maybe when uh, uh, the ice breaks, you can get the boat in there. That's what we wait for up here. <laughs> the launch co- the launch goes when the ice is gone. I saw boats out there yesterday. The ice has been out for like a week and a half here. I saw two boats going by yesterday. Yeah. So they don't wait. I don't know. I wouldn't go out right uh, like a week after the ice for worried that I might hit that yeah, little, I, little I, iceberg, iceberg there, but a 30 mile or 40 mile an hour. But <laughs> Did you get arrested on your boat last year? I got pulled over on the main voyage because we were in lockdown. I told you, I told that story. We were in lockdown I and I launched because I was taking my boat to my house. Yep. And I, I and it's literally my, my boat ride is like four minutes from the launch. I launch and they're just sitting there pecking people off as they launch. And then he, so they pull you over and he's like, where are you going? Cause you're on lockdown here. And, so you're, and, and you're like, going I'm, going, I'm going right there. See I'm going right there to my house. He's like, okay, you can go right there. But then he wanted to do the safety check on everything. So they're getting, and they're looking through everything. I couldn't find the bloody whistle. Like we're in an age of cell phones. I have a cell phone here, but you still have to have a whistle in your boat in Ontario. And the kids love the whistle. So they're probably like, we have a whole package, but of course it's not in there because my kids are probably blowing the whistle and having fun with it. So <laughs> Couldn't find the whistle. Speak of the kids, they're coming in here right now, right. <laughs> apparently. But I couldn't find the whistle. But the police officer was nice and he let me go, so it was all good. Do, do we have so. a drawing? Do we have art today? Is 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 that we have an? No, NFT? she handed me my cell phone. A new NFT. <laughs> oh, my cell phone. Okay. Say hi, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, you and I. You and I. Have this is what goes on behind the curtain. You Are wait. you ready for boating? Yes. <laughs> All right, all right, where you guys go, Dennis. You, you and I have the same phone color, and we cases. have the exact same phone. I know yeah. we have the yeah. same one. Yeah, we're twinsies. We're... Anyway, um, all right, let, let's just talk about yesterday real fast, and then we'll bring Kenny on here. Um, overall market, not a great day. Uh, 
I, I, I got Joel's thoughts at the close yesterday, uh, but we'll, we'll repeat those. Dennis, what were, what were your thoughts on, on the tech wreck? Well, the everything wreck yesterday. Um, predictable. Predictable is what I think. Um, I tweeted out in the morning, this is a great day to sell stocks. Yeah. And it was. We were up 300 Dow points. We were up, you know, 30 S&P points. It was predictable. You, you just feel they were going to pull the rug out from under. I didn't think they were going to pull the rug out from under and lose 100 handles. Show the chart, Joel. You know, 100 handles from the high. I didn't think it was going to be that ugly. But you could feel that this was time to sell stocks. And what a gift. I mean, if you're long and you've been long too, too much stock, you've been given so many gifts to get out. You've been given the gifts of gifts. The shorts has not been easy on the shorts. And we keep getting these short squeezes. We keep getting these rallies. These are great selling opportunities because it's a tougher environment we're going into. And stocks are not cheap. I mean, we get right up technically, Joel, on the SPY, right kiss 450, the highest day 450.01. That sets up technically as a short. That sets up, and they pull the rug right out from under it. And the market never looked back. Straight, straight down, elevator ride down. And you know what? I think today, I think you could get a little bit of buy the dippers coming in because you can't seem to break them. But I think eventually we start going lower here again. And I don't think we catch a sustained bid until we start seeing the actual inflation data come in soft. That's my new thesis. So I'm not going green light and buying stocks until I start seeing inflation come in. It's going to happen. Don't kid yourself. We're not going up 9, 10, 12, 15, 18, 20%. This inflation is going to get tackled by this rising interest rates, and it's going to get tackled quickly. And that's a good thing. And then stocks can maybe stabilize and go higher. But if you're buying here today, I think you're early. Dennis, I got a fly. I like your I like your your scenario. I got a major fly in the ointment. Yeah, what is it? Ukraine. Well, that's or... the wild card. We yep. don't know. We're numb to the headlines over there, sickening as it is, but the market has been numb to it. But again, if it escalates into any type of chemical warfare or any type of you know nuclear, which is a scary yep. thought, but if it escalates in that way, the market will start to take note. But right now, the market has accepted that Russia is eventually taking over Ukraine, mm-hmm. and it's not you know it's not really concerned about it. I mean, oil is. Let, let's just talk about the crowded trades. You know, yesterday oh, where a lot right. of people have been hiding in oil stocks. I mean, it was a pretty ugly day for a lot of oil stocks yesterday. Big reversal. Exxon Mobil reverses off the highs, kisses a 90. Chevron, CVX, ugly, ugly candle. If you've been hiding in oil, I think it's time to get the hell out. Um, Just my opinion, obviously. Um, But I think these are crowded longs right now. I mean, give Chevron perspective here. We were $80 back, $90. The stock has doubled in six months. Yeah. It is Chevron, one of the biggest oil companies in the world, has doubled in six months. This is like when you want to get out and the getting's good, the getting's real good. And it's still good, even with yesterday's sell-off. So I would be a seller of rallies in oil stocks. I'd be a seller of rallies in a lot of things. So like to your point, there's not a lot of things I'm looking to buy here right now. But that can change. Give me some CPI data that's not looking as crazy. And then the market, because the market doesn't get boat indicators or anything it's looking at data you know what's going to crack prices in cvx when uh what's going to crack cvx what when when warren sells a chunk that 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 will be that would hurt too for sure but i think we're just seeing you know a lot of crowded trades eventually going to come off i didn't like the procter and gamble the 165 level i mean if you are long procter and gamble this is a nice level not only to sell but to get short 
I mean, look at this 165, Joel. You have the level of all levels. Could it break out? Could it make new all-time highs? It could, but Procter & Gamble is not cheap. The stock had a great quarter. Stock is hanging out here, but having trouble getting through this major resistance of 165. I mean, 165 is like the What's in the brother. book? What is there anything in well, the book? It's got to be something in the book. I don't have the book open here, okay. but it's got to be deal. something. Okay. I mean, you can just tell the 165 area. It just went ex-dividend, too, so that you don't have to worry about that for three months. So I'd say 165 is a big level. Starts going 166 cover. Stocks make new all-time highs, but you've got a level here. And I just think there's so many crowded trades. Like, people don't want to go to cash. Like, oh, my goodness, I'm losing 8% to inflation. Well, it's better than losing 8% a day in some of these tech stocks, I'll tell you that much. And the inflation problem is going to get tackled. So right now, cash is comfy. Um, and I think it's going to be the best performing asset here for the next through this earnings season. But I do think there's going to be a time to deploy. And that's going to be when you start seeing CPI. Let's get Kenny on. Yeah. Let's get Kenny Glick on. Let's bring yeah. him in. Uh, bring him All in. Right. Here he is. Bring him in hot. What's up, players? Oh, there he is. Hey. I'm going to tell you, everybody hates this market, but I'll tell you, Kenny Glick probably don't like hate this market. Kenny Glick, the warlock. Yeah, he loves is. these types of markets, don't yeah. you, Kenny? This is Kenny. best year ever. Best year best ever. ever. I mean, this joking. is a trader right here. Yeah, this is this is where I want to be. May this market last forever, my friends. May it last forever. There you go. And, you know, the big reason Kenny's successful is because you go both ways, buddy. You know, you're not sitting there. I'm a long only trader. I only <laughs> don't, buy don't stocks, and I did that pun just for All you. Right. Right. I did that just for you, but I wanted to see the reaction as I thought it through. But either way, you you go long, you go short, you go with the flow. You're not scared to short stocks. I mean, oh, there's no. so many people. How can you short a stock? You've got all these great investment gurus that say don't short stocks. Kenny, what are you going to tell those people? Can you make money on the short side? Oh, it's the, I called the Kathy Wood top, and it's been a different market for me since, again, we were talking about this last time. You don't invest in momentum. And because I've seen that story and I've seen them put a, someone up on that pedestal so many times, yeah. last April I was like, this is not going to end well. She's really pushing a bike company and a telemarketing company. I mean, these were Zoom and Peloton and DocuSign. I didn't see the, I didn't see the, big, the, the, the big picture that she saw or stocks like Roku. And I just was waiting for these things to roll over and die. And then once they started cratering, the pyramid that I'm always talking about, every chart now shows you what I was talking about. This market was a big pump and dump, and I still stick to that story. And again, you're talking about hiding in the oil and energy. Yeah, I mean, that was a great place to go if you wanted to hang on to some stocks. We were in the BTU and the U.S. Steel for a while. But really, being nimble, talking about cash positions, I'm 98% cash, and my one stock is Sophie. I really thought oh, gosh. something there. <laughs> Woo! And you know what it is? I still own it to remind myself, never own stocks. I mean, because, man, I can't pick a winner to save my life. But trading... You know what? And you've got a good point here. And I look at my... I said this a few times. I've been poo-pooing in long-term investing for a while. I got my long-term retirement account. And it goes up and down and all over the place. Inconsistent as hell. And then my trading account just slowly climbs up. I'm like, why yeah. the hell do I even invest in stocks? Why don't I just take it all, put it in my trading account, just trade bigger? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, even BTU, it's been a nice winner to hold. But intraday, that stock is a gold mine. It makes, you know, has a two or three point move. And the way we trade, we're all about VWAP and just prior levels and that type of thing. So, again, going both ways for sure. Most of the time in the same day, I'm on both sides of the stock. So, again, very liquid market. That's what's been great about it. And 
you know, again, with these QQQ options, now you got Monday, Wednesday, Friday expiration. You've got so much liquidity out there. And I've been treating this market like a video game. Every day you get a stock like VLON out of nowhere. You've got $3 stocks going up hundreds of percent almost every day. You just have some fun with those. You watch your earnings reports. And then next thing you know, it's, it's time for prices right and the day's over. How do you trade that stuff? Like, this is one thing that I want to learn from you because I, I've never been good at trading these penny stocks. A stock under five bucks, I don't even look at it. But we do see this VLON train up 86%. I'll tell you, if I bought that thing at two bucks right now, it would immediately go down to a dollar fifty. Well, immediately, would, like as I soon as I bought it, just because of me. Bucks. Yeah, we're, we buy, we get it in. You know, once the stock gets over a dollar fifty, that's becoming exciting. But again, it was just a VWAP trade over a buck fifty, over a dollar sixty-five. We get in at buck sixty-five. We sell it at two bucks. So again, if it starts to make another move later on in the day, yeah, we go back to it. But these are just pre-market freak shows. I mean, every day there's like three or four of these stocks that come out of nowhere, huge volume, lack of liquidity, and you get these monster moves. And that just gets the you know the juices flowing for the regular session. I'm looking at you know the Cliff and the Snap and you know American Express and Verizon today, so you get get some action there. Schlumberger is going to be in play. Uh, just really just focused on the earnings reports. But you know, again, it's fun when you trade these two dollar stocks because it's again I I talk to a lot of guys with less than you know those five and ten grand players that are just trying to get into day trading this is where they want to be you can buy yourself a thousand shares make yourself 30 cents right before the open and you got your 300 bucks and you know again that's for for a day's pay why not before 8 30 you got your 300 400 in your hand and we're ready to rock for the rest of the day now kenny it is most of your time horizon like intraday day trading? Is that most of your trades, or you're you're sometimes swing trading too? But is your bread and butter still day trading? Dennis, I've gone back to my former life. I mean, this is now. I come in when I see the futures are gapped down big. I'm very excited. I have no portfolio whatsoever anymore, and I'm just I've gone back to the 1999 style of trading. Give me what I can get today. If I'm in a position at the end of the day and it's still going my way then the decision makes a little bit more sense. Do I take this home with me or not? And that's the way I traded back in the day. And so far, every time I've taken something home, anytime I put a call spread on something, anytime I've done a swing trade, other than BTU, I've been let down. So I'm just staying liquid. And like you, I'm looking for a reason to build a portfolio again. I'm not seeing it. So I want to see these cues and I'm saying 297 on the cues. I want to see a nice washout where everybody's really saying we may never come back. We haven't had that moment yet. No. This has been a nice controlled sell-off. Yeah. It's been a correction. People are we're in denial at first. And here we are. So let's get that fear going where people are saying maybe we're never going to come back. We haven't had that moment yet. And yeah. when that happens, I'll be buying my cues back. So 297, maybe even 278 on the queues. You know, Kenny, you were uh, you were on the road uh, this week, right? You yes. were traveling. Where where'd you go? Did you go somewhere fun, somewhere nice? You fly um, somewhere? I've been traveling back down to Baltimore. We've been doing some shooting. You know, we're doing some uh, product launches with me. Yeah, I'm okay. getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm going big time, baby, big time. Yeah, we've been just filming, filming some stuff. It's good. It's a lot of fun. Just again, people, are, people really gelling with this whole, you know, liquidity concept. And I've been, I've been teaching, speaking of shorting, a lot of people don't, not only do they not know, you know, why, what shorting is, they don't know how. It's just basically the opposite of investing, my friends. You're just selling high and hoping they go lower and then buying back and keep in the middle. But you know, again, like I said, liquidity right now, it's, it's a lot of fun. 
I don't have to be afraid. And speaking of vacations, I used to dread going away because I feel like I'd be missing something. But now, right now, it, every day is more or less the same day. I know there's going to be opportunity and we just look for it. How, how much do you think shorting versus long? Like, I mean, obviously it changes probably with the market environment, but like right now, are you like 50-50? Are you still long to bias a little bit? Or, or do you, like to tell me about, you know, how you balance it, the shorts versus the longs. Yeah, well, generally, you know, I came in during when the market's in bullish mode, you know, something like Alcoa gapping down yesterday, I'd come in and say, all right, when are we buying this stock? Because usually every gap down had been a buy. Now they're just you know, getting that mini little buy and then they're rolling over. So I'm just still biased to whatever the stock's telling me. And guys, if I haven't mentioned this before, volume weighted average price has saved my career. I mean, I thought I knew a lot about this market, but now that I've gone back to day trading and just watching price, all I do is watch price and the levels and the volume weighted average price. And it's keeping me just completely focused and I'm just not trying to guess what's going to happen. I'm just reacting to what is happening. So I came in with a bias to buy Alcoa yesterday, but the charts are telling me, no, you're wrong. So you check your ego at the door. Okay, I'm wrong. Let's short some Alcoa. And it rolled over another four points. You know, And same kind of thing with Snap. Normally, I'd come in, okay, I like Snap. I've done well with Snap. Give me a reason to buy Snap. And you know, again, I'm still biased to the buy side today, but it's just not really showing me anything. It is kind of right this second. So again, I come in with a bias, but it needs to be validated by my charts and by by the VWAP. You know, for years I've been wondering who the target demo for the Price is Right is besides doctor's offices, and apparently it's Kenny Glick. <laughs> That's all. When I used to when I used to come home from when I would well pretend that I was sick, I would come home and watch Price is Right with my mom. So it's been a long, long tradition for in the Glick family watching Price is Right. One day I'm going to get on it. I want to go. To, I want to be the uh, Cliff got oh, spin that wheel. Yeah, yeah. Spin that wheel. That's wheel of fortune, Dennis. That's what I'm showing. No, the other yeah, wheel, Joel. Wheel at the end. He knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the showcase wheel. Oh, showcase man. wheel. Oh. Again, the showcase. Right. You know, you and get speaking there. of boats, nothing better than a friend with a boat. Oh, yeah, a brother with a boat. Man, oh, man. watching That's my brother, best. he knows so much, makes me not ever want to own a boat because there's, there is. Joel, I'm with you. There's too much work involved. You just want to party. Get oh, yeah. me on the boat. Put me on the boat. Somebody else steer the boat. Now there is some work involved. Oh, there is a lot of. And work then you get those people that have never boated before, and I'm I'm sitting there. So I boat up to Honey Harbor, and I'm sitting there in the restaurant, the patio, having a beer, and I'm like, this person is going to hit my boat. I'm like, yeah, no, they're going to hit my boat. They're coming in too hot. Oh my! And God. sure enough, boom, they hit the boat, and I'm like. They didn't hit a hard, but I was like, they bumped her pretty good. I was oh, like, any, oh, oh my god! You gotta love the people, and you know, I was probably one of them like seven years ago. So here I am complaining, right? <laughs> but right. Uh, you gotta love the people that never voted before, and they come in, they're like, yeah, they just think they're gonna hit the brakes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't work that well. But yep. anyways, that right. is what Kenny, it is. Kenny so. Glick uh, at Hit the Beta Radio. His Twitter handle was on the screen and is in the chat and description. And uh, Kenny, always a pleasure, man. Yeah, Have a great, great seeing you, Kenny. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, let's go back. Let's, uh, I'll circle back. We'll uh, have you on my show next week. Good Thank luck, everybody. Uh, let's let's talk an individual stock here. Let's just talk Snapchat for a second. So one of the chat, I forget who it was now, asked why Snapchat is up. 
Uh, it really wasn't a particularly good report. Uh, EPS can miss by a couple cents. Sales was a, a little bit light. I mean, we're, we're splitting hairs here because they were basically in line. They were very, very slight misses. Uh, the daily active users did come in above the estimate, which which is good. But um, I didn't listen to the call or anything. But from what I read, it seemed like they uh, have limited visibility into their, their own future in part due to Various macro factors here, but um, it was a bit of a bit of a roller coaster after hours. For, for oh, it went right down, Joel. They tanked this thing right, and I mean your levels, Joel, came in perfect here because the low of the move on February third was twenty four thirty two, and they did take it out. It they went did. all the way down to the twenty two handle. It was the most violent initial candle I've I seen know. in the stock in a long time. Just the one it just yesterday. Refalled in ten seconds, six bucks. And then they just like, well, it's not that bad. And then they bought it back up. And literally five minutes later, it was trading back green. Incredible. And some volatility yeah. in these earnings reports. 2266 is actually where it got to. So you would have been, you know, if you probably would have waited and put your order out. And, uh, and this would be great when this used to happen at Bright, you know, when the markets used to just get crazy. And, you, you know, you put it out and you're like, oh, I'm going to buy this at 2432 when it's like a 24 and a half. And then you get done at like twenty three seventy, and you're like, "Oh, that's not oh. good." The price improvement. <laughs> like, oh. well, I did get some price improvement, but uh, uh, well, we'll see what happens. And uh, you got the nice bounce, very quiet now, just sucking the premium out of the weekly option buyers. The put buyers are losers. The call buyers are losers. Everyone's a loser. Um, I just look at this really a trading range right now, 28 to 30 or 2880, 2890 to 30. Um, I wouldn't want to see it go red. Uh, you know, 2970 close. If it goes red here, I think maybe you get a look at 28, but uh, you're not going to get that crazy action that you did in the pre unless the market completely off. And it's such a good point. I mean, obviously, we have CC on here. Um, sometimes talking, you know, how they stay in the expected moves. I mean, there's so many people who buy options on lottery tickets all the time. Mm -hmm. And everybody wants to do it. And it's exciting when you hit one. But they are lottery tickets. And the majority of these expire worthless or you lose money on the majority of these. The real money is made in selling the options. Nick Shaheen has made a great business off of this over the years, obviously, um, selling options. And, I mean, this is still in the way. My buddy Chris Banier. Same thing. He, he obviously a huge option seller makes money every single year just getting outside these expected moves. Um, that's consistent, and people are still want to buy the lottery tickets. But you know, if you're a newer trader and you just listen to this for the first time, it's like the dream. I got 500 bucks in my account. I'm gonna buy $500 in options and turn it into five grand. Then I'm gonna take $5,000 in options. I'm gonna turn it into 50 grand. I'm gonna do it this way, and I'm gonna tell you, it's a really tough business. The kids know. That's why they're screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what that was. I just looked at Well, up. the girl came in and didn't close the door. So the door is open back there. And this is what happens behind the curtain. <laughs> this is this is preschool here. They're heading to school here in 20 minutes. So 10 minutes. Uh, from here, but... I, I, I remember screaming before school, too. I, oh, I, yeah. They're yeah. screaming. Oh, yeah. This is welcome to the circus show. It's Friday. Okay. Let's, <laughs> it is Friday. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, I miss those days, man. You guys are lucky. Let's talk about the gap here. This is your disastrous stock of the day. Uh, they pre-reported last night. I don't have any data to back this up, but I feel like when most of the time, Ugh. when a company pre-reports, it's almost always bad. I, I'm sure there are times when they pre-report because the news is just so good that they can't wait. 
But I feel like most of the time, if you're going to pre-report, it's because you want the, the bad news out there and just get it over with. And the bad news is out now. They cut their guidance. Um, the CEO of, of Old Navy is, is, is out. And it uh, turns out they have too much inventory, just way too much stuff and not enough people buying it. This I, I don't I can't believe the gap like and if you're you know this is your retail stock I mean this was a cool store back in like the 90s wasn't it the 90s where we're yeah. all wearing gap stuff yeah I mean I can't believe it's I guess it's because it's got the old navy and what else did they own I don't know what else they own do they own banana republic and all the other ones I don't know I don't think so no. um uh, I I've they tried to reinvent themselves, but I'm shocked it stayed around this long. To be honest, like we've seen a lot of them go away. Remember Aeropostale? Oh, I'm sorry. I, I the, yeah, the Gap does own Banana Republic. It does oh, own Banana Republic. Yeah. So I guess I, they've tried to do reinvent their brands because that traditional Gap brand just isn't as cool. I mean, what about that was a time where all my pants and you know because I don't buy my own clothes, my wife buys them from. But all my pants were Gap, and now you know they're not anymore. Now they're I don't even know what kind of pants i would have to go look at my blue jeans but they're different so <laughs> i, I guess gap this, isn't I cool anymore i don't know what's cool so my wife buys what's cool well joel mentioned athleta which is a, co- a cool brand that, that that the gap owns but i've mentioned this before that there, in the town i grew up in that there was this this one strip mall there's i mean there's a thousand strip malls right i'm from new jersey but there was one strip mall in particular and it was it was the saddest strip mall in town and one by one over the course of a decade one by one the, uh, each store left, and there was more and more vacancies every time you would drive by. And the Gap was the last holdout, and they were the only tenant in the strip mall. It used to be like it was. It was like the Gap. It was Party City. I think there was a there was like a, a, a TJ Maxx there, and like one by one, everyone left until the Gap was by itself. And then the Gap finally closed, and it is now entirely vacant. And it was just it's just the saddest place. Wow, hard to call bottom here. I mean, yeah. because you just you're just hanging at the pre-market low. Uh, pre-market low was eleven eighty-five, I believe, and you're just hanging here at twelve oh five. So someone's trying to bring a little bit in at twelve, but they don't want to show it. They're not showing their bid. So eleven eighty-five, twelve. That buyer's not there off the open. Then you are your next monthly low. Oh my gosh. That comes in, oh, you want 1081, but I don't think you'll see 1081 today. But some of those sneaky buyer there at 12, let's see if they really want the stock. or. Um... If you've got to own a retail stock and you get a good pullback here, baby with the bathwater, we get down 52, 53 bucks on Kohl's. I'm going to actually buy this thing. I think somebody is going to buy Kohl's. I think Kohl's going to go off the board around 65 bucks. I've just got a feeling it's been hot. Mm-hmm. It's been there and people are forgetting about it again. It's starting to come in slowly here again. I think you get another shot, 54, 55 bucks. I think Kohl's, obviously I might be wrong, but Kohl's is still a value stock. So even if it doesn't get bought, it's not like you're buying some nosebleed Twitter that, and, and let's talk about Twitter. You know, I tweeted this out yesterday, just to go on the tangent before we take it back to Kohl's. I mean, you got Kohl's potential takeout, you got Twitter potential takeout. I would take Kohl's all day long. because day long. Value. Uh, yeah. If it doesn't get taken out, maybe it falls to 50. If Twitter... All of a sudden, Musk says, no, I'm out. Twitter's going to be under $35 and maybe $30. I see like 16 to 17 points of downside if there's no deal. I see about the 7 8 bucks of upside if there is a deal. So I don't want to make that bet. Maybe Musk really wants it. Maybe it is going to go off the board at 55 But in a scenario where he says, I'm out, 
Twitter gets absolutely crushed because it is not cheap whatsoever. Kohl's is still a cheap stock. So in a scenario where the buyers say, no, I'm out, at least you still got a value stock as opposed to Twitter. So I, and we'll do that. We'll do that CNBC game. Would you rather? I would rather Kohl's over Thank Twitter you, yeah. all day long. I always mention this to Joel this morning before you hopped on, Dennis. But if, if you're looking at like consumer cyclical stocks this year, uh, there's not a lot to like, but the department stores do have, okay. have been doing okay, right? Macy's, Nordstrom, Kohl's, which, yeah, has the MA thing, but we don't really know what's going on there. Dillard's, which has a small float, so the stock is. Is wonky, but does its own thing. Does its own thing, but but by and large, department stores are having a pretty good year compared to the rest of the sector that they're in. We got a reopening trade happening here too. People are getting out there. I mean, it's not a luxury high ticket item to go buy a new pair of pants. It's not a luxury, you know. Like that's where you're seeing separation to a certain extent. I mean, none of these retail stocks have done great, but when you look at a stock like Williams Sonoma. And you see, wow, those earnings are fantastic. This thing is dirt cheap. But then you think, what are they selling? They're selling really expensive crap. RH, same thing. I mean, yeah, where's that at? Where is it? It's come down a lot. And because one, the valuation is not that cheap, but two, they sell really expensive stuff. I mean, this is the kind of stuff people aren't going to have the money to do. Boats, expensive furniture. I mean, that's the kind of stuff you don't want to own in a recessionary or in 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 an economy that is, you know, not as hot as it once was. And there's a reason these stocks aren't catching a bit on good earnings. Williams-Sonoma's quarter was fine, I believe, last quarter. It didn't matter. It's been leaking ever since. And a lot of value investors are going to get caught in this. I think it's a value trap. And I think these were these were cyclical. These are cyclical businesses to a certain extent as well. I mean, not all the time. Yes, the rich people are always going to buy fancy stuff. But you had a payup where people were buying nicer stuff that maybe couldn't afford nicer stuff. Those people aren't going to be in there. And just because, you know, people think, oh, well, yeah, you know, the business is still, okay, well, if we lose 10% of sales. You lose 10% of your sales, these stocks collapse. They can't lose 10% of sales. So, I mean, this is why I'd stay away from a Williams-Sonoma. I'd stay away from an RH. I'm a Macy's, I, I don't know. I'd rather own a Kohl's. I'd rather own a Kohl's. And I think, with you know, you get a shot. I do think you could get a shot down to 54, 55 bucks again. And if that happens, I'm going to strike. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit score grows, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or home. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secure Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Bill Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC, out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Major, major resistance in Macy's at 27. We're training down 66 cents. Got a lot of high-end stuff, too. Macy's is not your discount retailer. I mean, big difference between Kohl's and Macy's. 
You know, you go into Kohl's and you get jeans for 20 bucks. I mean, Macy's is not a cheap store. So I kind of put it a little more, not Williams-Sonoma, but it, it's, it's, so, it's something it, to think about. It's there. so interesting because normally when the economy contracts, you think, okay, what is more likely to hold? What's more likely to hold up? Uh, the higher end of the consumer uh, spectrum, right? I mean, the, the higher price consumer goods, because rich people will always have money, and then people that are in the lower middle class will have to make decisions, and they will spend less money, right? And that's and that's traditionally that's assuming that only rich people were buying that stuff, though. And that's the right. difference. Is we've right. been in such a free market environment, you have people going in those stores that shouldn't have been in those stores, right? Well, I, I, I mean. That's, there, there's definitely some people you think about, you know, what we have created, you know, with buy now, pay later or pay never. I mean, people is probably spending over their means in the last couple of years. And that party is starting to come in. I, and that's concerning for a lot of these other companies. I, I, I mean, it's hard to make a judgment, uh, you know, on a large group like that. But I would say, you know, uh, due in part to the pandemic. A lot of you know the average household balance sheet really improved in in the summer and the fall of 2020 and the spring of 21. A household debt had gone down. People were working from home. They were paying down their debt. They don't have to pay their student loans. Household balance sheets were looking up, and so maybe in, in, that's a direct cause of people spending more at Restoration Hardware or Williams Sonoma or whatever the heck that wherever that. Whatever we're talking about right now, right? But the, eventually, you're gonna have to pay those student loans. Just because you delay yeah. the payment doesn't mean you don't have, unless we get Bernie in there. Well, I mean, we're at a point where eventually those loans are going to need to get paid. People are going to eventually have less money. Yes, and I think that is coming like now. I think you're seeing it happen already, and that's why it's hard to just come out here and say rah rah buy stocks, let's go. I mean, even today's action. Joel, we were trading up, you know, 20 minutes ago. What Just happens? Kinda, yeah. Sellers come in. As soon as you get back up there, okay, give me my money back. Just give me my money back to yesterday. Just give me my money back. I mean, you've got overhead supply everywhere. You not only have long-term investors caught, you've all the day traders caught yesterday too. So they're all looking to get out. That's why the two-day move off and works where I often see a big turn and a flush. You catch all these traders that refuse to take losses. And this is just, you know, my bread and butter. Psychology, of the yep. I cut losses. But I mean, you know, now they're all bag holding from yesterday. So it comes up into a little bit. They're looking to sell too to get their money back. So what happens? You get follow through. I think it could be a really rough day. Um, Let's go to more stocks here because there's a lot more to talk about. Uh, the other big pre-report here this morning is Corsair, CRSR. Uh, it just seems like every sort of hardware or communications equipment company is having a hard time right now. Yes. Corsair just pre-reported for their first quarter. They got it that their revenue is going to be at around $380 million versus a $447 million estimate. They blamed uh, Ukraine and Russia. They blamed uh, inflation. Um, they blame uh, the, blame everybody know, except themselves. Blame blame supply chains. It just seems like, and let's not forget what we saw a couple weeks ago with Taiwan Semi the, and several chip manufacturers have guided that things are not great right now. So, if you're a maker of of any kind of hardware or electronics, it's it's tough out there. It really is, and Corsair is in that realm. It's been a tough stock. I mean, it's been, you know, 
obviously I was in this stock for a while and I had the Reddit gift. I've talked about this before back in the summer when they, my stock showed up on Reddit and it popped 25% because it was the most talked about stock on Reddit. And then you had, I sold it that day. You had every director, you know, in the company selling it that sold day. Sold that day too. $40. Everybody was like, wow, what a gift. I mean, Reddit gave a lot of gifts. You know, all these Reddit stocks, people were, you know, obviously on board with a lot of these stocks turned the other way eventually, but they gave you these gift pops, which needed to be sold. And that was another one that needed to be sold. And now you're at a situation, is there a value here eventually in a stock like Corsair? Yeah, but this isn't the environment to go and, and, you know, jumping into headsets. I mean, we're talking about a reopening trade. That's one thing people are going outside doing more things, but more so it's just, um, you know, this pull forward, there's pull forward here in their business and that's gone now. So not saying it was a pandemic stock, but it was definitely not a reopening stock. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I, I think at the a gaming point, thing too. I mean, this is just the whole you know the gaming thing had a lot of pull forward business too. I mean, yeah. a lot of the gaming, to your point, Joel, the gamers have come down substantially. I mean, ATVI, you know, would be down substantially from where it is if it wasn't the takeover wasn't on on target. And think about that if you're an ATVI, some risk there because if this deal doesn't go through. ATVI isn't going back to where it was pre-deal at 68 because no, you've got all these other gaming stocks to, that are a hell of a lot lower. I mean, take two is making new now. lows every day. Yeah, has to play ATVI yeah. is going down to like 55 bucks if that deal doesn't go through. I'm saying it. That's what I'm I'm predicting. If the deal, I don't know, might go through Microsoft, but if for whatever reason they really get antitrust and the deal doesn't go through, it's not like $12 upside, $12 downside anymore. It's $12 upside and like $20 or $25 of downside because all these other gaming stocks have been killed. I'd be scared to just sit in there risk garbs for ATVI waiting. Uh, the uh, Corsair, I was just looking at, it bounced off 15. So if you have a pension for trying to buy the dip, see if it works its way down to 15. Uh, all-time low. Uh, it could be on the cards today, 1409. So... That's what your your downside is. That's the old time low in Corsair. Pre market low comes in at fifteen. All right. Uh, out of the other earnings from the overnight session of this morning, any of them stick out to any of you guys? We have Verizon, American Express, Cleveland Cliffs, uh, Boston Beer. Oh man! Oh know. gosh! Yes. I saw your tweet. That was good, Dennis. I like. They tweet, miss yeah. every earnings. They just miss. Wait, let's reopening, no reopening, doesn't matter. Boston Beer just misses earnings. Let's let's hear. You pull up the watch. Joel pulls up the chart. I'm gonna go look at it. I don't know what to say. It just goes. It just pro. goes lower. It just goes lower. Well, Damn. you've got to consider though, and I. It's just tough owning these big. You know, like even I'm not not saying Bud, but maybe saying Bud and Tap and all these. I guess Tap's been okay, but. You've got so many of these microbreweries that are coming online. There's so much choice. I mean, it, it, it's a tough business right now because wow. competition from independence is really intense there. So, and that's not going away. That's only going to continue to increase. So, um, is there a bottom here in something like this eventually? Yeah. You know, are they supposed to make a ton of money still? Yeah, but they're finding ways to lose money. I mean, they were supposed to make a couple of bucks and then they end up losing money again. Wait, so they, the, was there a one time item? This is the earnings history. This is yeah, only going back six years. It's not going back the you know the entire history here. But just look at the amount of red versus green on the screen. Right, the red indicates that they, they missed. The green indicates that they beat. Yeah. And that's a that, that's a pretty that's like a one to one ratio of green to red. That's not what you want to see. Well, look amazingly and how crazy this market is. But that's COVID. We had pull forward people stocking up on beer. I'm not joking. 
there was pull forward there and you can see it in the earnings in 2020 and in and, and early 2021 people were pulling forward people were drinking more at home they were doing more things and you know now you look and that's gone and that pull forward is gone and you know obviously competition for microbreweries is going to be there there but you can clearly see on the, in that data that that was a pull forward from covid and now that pull forward is gone at least that's what, what, do, I what do you think? What do you think? Uh, you know, the um, the impact of, uh, you know, the legalization of marijuana, too. You know, that hits it. Yeah, it's yeah. a choice. I mean, it's a choice. You know, you want to go drink, you want to go smoke some pot. I mean, it's a choice. So I, I think you got a point there, Joel. Uh, yeah, they, they may have some exposure, though, because they they may have they may have seen well, consolation tried that exposure and that worked really well for them. <laughs> <laughs> let's right. buy cgc at 50 okay. I gotta, let's have five no no, no. i i'm referring to beverages specifically i don't actually know i'm just guessing oh yeah well who was uh coming out with the uh with the beverages the marijuana beverages lots NB, of them, lots of them. yeah and remember and bev everybody was oh, talking how about is this InBev doing oh no oh, oh. <laughs> oh. What, what's oh. that what's that nbev oh. Yeah, forty cents. I'm, remember I'm, this, eight nine dollars. And remember my, 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 when was it? Like twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen? Yeah, it was nine dollars. And I said this will eventually be under two dollars again. And I had so much hate. You know, people on Twitter saying I'm an idiot. This is going to fifty dollars. Well, I'm gonna ring the register here now at forty cents because on my call because I was absolutely correct when I said this thing was not gonna hold up at nine. Eventually, be under two. It's forty cents. It's new. Don't it's get new. caught bag holding these stories. Story stocks end badly. New age, huh? So they changed their name from, or was that always the name? New age. Oh, that was always the one. Oh, that's always the name. But uh, yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, I forgot all about that stock. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. Yeah, and these the other stocks too. I mean, you know, like that. The mo. Uh, the year's one, the MSOS made a, a new all-time low yesterday. All uh, these are disasters. And it's because yeah. valuation never made sense. And I'm going to say it again for the new listeners. When a story is hot, valuation matters zero. When the story goes cold, when the story turns south, when the story grows to start slowing, that is all that matters is valuation. You can't be paying billions of dollars for a story that has hundreds of or millions of dollars in sales. It doesn't add up. And people are learning that the hard way. And these stocks are not coming back. Do we have any updates from the uh, from the conference? That is that over with? It is over with. Uh, I saw some videos from and pictures from the after party. It looked like a lot of fun. Uh, Was Iron Mike there? Did he make it? Yes, Dennis, he made it. I did see the videos, so it was a little bit of a debacle on the plane, we'll just say, but he made it there. I saw a pick with Jason Rasnick. I tell you, I still love you, Iron Mike. And you know what? If that guy was bothering you behind you and kicking your seat and harassing you, maybe he deserved it. I, I'm a big fan of I've always liked Iron Mike Tyson, and there's, you know, he does a nice pick with the guy and everything, and then he's harassing him. So... I don't know. Anyways, you got you handle the business the way you handle it, Mike Tyson, but I'm still a fan. I'm still a fan. That TMZ video did not make me not a fan of you, Iron Mike. 
I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. First time Benzinga has been in TMZ. Hopefully it's the last. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, yes, he was. He was on the way to the Benzinga conference. People are asking. Well, that was uh, brought to you by Don King. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we got, He's we got, exciting, though. Like, you got to give it to him. You know, he finds a way to make everything kind of exciting. I never thought he would lose. Like, when I was watching him, I, you oh. know, when he was, I, I just, I was like, who's going to beat him? You know, you never, you never thought he was going to lose. And the then, only reason he lost is because he just got too, you know, uh, he, he just didn't train hard enough. He thought he was unbeatable and he didn't have to try as hard. You know, there was rumors that he was out partying a couple nights before. before Buster, Buster Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, yeah. but there's rumors, you know, he was just, but I'll tell you one thing. When you watched an Iron Mike Tyson fight, at least he never like ducking and backing off and playing defense. He was going out to kill the guy. And that was what was awesome about watching Mike Tyson. There was no fighter like that. He didn't care about defense. He was going up there to knock you out as fast as he possibly could. And you know what? And that's probably why he ended up, you know, obviously losing because he wasn't conscious of defense. And yeah, if he right. got out of the first round with him, maybe, you know, it, you know, he only had to got out of the first round with him. Only half the boxers got out of the first round. But I mean, Iron Mike Tyson was a fabulous fighter to watch because he was the aggressor. He was never backing off. He was coming at you. If you were twice as big, he didn't care. He was still coming at you no matter what. I love the way he fought. Boxing's dead. I mean, uh, the sport is. Tyson I mean, was the yeah. last. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, ultimate I mean, fight UFC really knocked. Yeah, him. Joe Frazier, you know, and uh, and marvelous Marvin Hagler and Tommy Hearns. I mean, those were those are those are the days. But all right, we digress. All right, okay. uh, a few people in the chat asking about Shopify. Sure. I sold mine yesterday. I think I sold it directly to Kathy Wood because they bought some Shopify yesterday. Um, but sometimes. <sighs> You got to eat it in the face, as I just did. Dennis, you, you have said you would buy it uh, at 400 uh, I said I did say this about six months ago. Yeah. I said when Shopify was 800 I said, if that ever gets down to 400 I'll buy it. It's 480 you, you know what? If you're buying shop, maybe. But, again, we're not in Kansas anymore. You got to analyze the environment. You've got to be able to change your opinion. This thing's in free fall here right now. I, I bought The reason I said that is because I bought Shopify – in the three or 400 area. And then it went to six and I sold it. And I was like, if it ever comes back down the original price that I bought, I'd rebuy it. So it's actually coming lower than I've sold. And I watched go to 1700. So I sold way too soon. I mean, it's just a problem again with valuation. The company is a fabulous company run very well. Good Canadian company, but again, valuation is not cheap. What's the PE on Shopify? If I dare to even ask, it's high. Yeah. Like they make a little bit of money, but I think it's in the digits, hundreds still. Triple digits, if I had to guess. Yeah, uh, yeah I bought this thing at six oh five, and yesterday I was watching as it got below five hundred. I was like, all right, that's it. That's I've had enough fun. Uh, well, also, you know what's uh, what's working? I mean, this uh, split stock trick is just not working anymore. Yeah. Right. I mean, they that's when Spencer, you bought it. They split the stock and got a little bit of a pop, but that yep. that that trick is that's not working anymore at all. Uh you did get a little bit lower in the pre-market. I'll just give you that pre-market like 481. So you still not not much action in this one. Low from yet closed right on the low. So you got a good number there. Well, no, it was off the low. Only support 472.57. Uh, and uh, I'll call. Well, I don't know. It's not trading. Eighteen thousand shares. What's the close? The close Wait. is four eighty one. So. so Shopify announced a ten for one split on April, uh, eleventh. Wait, 
No, it wasn't. Was it? Was that it? Was it just eleven days ago? Maybe yeah. all they did. Yeah. I forgot. I even forgot yeah. that they were doing the split. Okay. I forgot all about it. So Mark did too. Do they still need to do the split? That was yeah, eventually. It was coming enough. It'll split itself. Right. It was, yeah. They, they they don't even have to split. When? What day did they announce it? Point. What day was it? I can tell you because it, it was uh, it was it, Spencer bought it on the show. Yeah. It was uh, it, it was on a Friday. Did you do it on a yeah, Friday? It, it was. It, I bought it on a Friday, and then on Monday they, the, the, which is the eleventh, which is last yes, Monday. Yep. Yeah. They announced it split, so it feels yeah, like Walmart. It's like so that. hard. I don't even know where to step in that one. Uh, the people mm-hmm. saying the shop We had this conversation about a week or two ago. Um, people were saying with the shop being twenty-one, um, it's not, and it might have been a one-off earnings. But we got to look. You got to look at the forward earnings. Don't get caught on one-time events, and you look just at you know the details. You might see that that is not the case. You got to look at what the track record of the earnings is, and look what the forecasts are. Forward yeah. PE forward on PE Shopify is one hundred and fifty. There you go. So it does say current P is 21. Don't get fooled by that. You got to look deeper than that because that was probably like a one-time item, maybe a one-time gain or something that's throwing that number out. The forward PE is 200 on Benzinga Pro right now. Now, I haven't looked at the earnings, but I mean, it is not a cheap stock. It could get cut in 90% and still not be that. that, Then it would have a PE of 20 if it fell 90%. So, I mean, if it it goes down to $48, which is going to because it's split, but I mean, if it went down to four dollars post split, then yeah, you're buying <laughs> hand over fist. I think you're buying the stock if it gets down in you know the 200, 100 area. I think you're probably got enough growth that it would justify it at that time. Um, maybe even to where it was prior to COVID. Where was that, Joel? Like people, yeah. Want to but you know what though? I mean, is this did this benefit? You know, like we well, it's already back to where it was prior to COVID. Ah, oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you had a well, you had a peak before COVID. It uh, it's uh, right around just under six hundred. But I mean, is this the you know the stay at home you know uh, versus reopening trade too here? I mean, you know, are people shopping online as much? To some extent, there's a little bit of that, but I'm not that concerned. The growth rates might not be as high. I'm just concerned valuation doesn't make sense. And you know, you're to your point, you know, maybe the growth rate slows a little bit, which would be really scary. But I think there's some value in Shopify at a certain point in time, but we're just not in this environment where we can ignore and buy stocks with PEs of 200. Those stocks just continue to get annihilated until we see inflation data starting to come in. And maybe we get into a, an economy where stocks they're buying stocks again. But right now, sentiment's so poor. That's the stuff I absolutely want to stay away from is anything with a PEO over 100. All right. A uh, couple minutes left here. Uh, Gopher's asking, why is a high forward PE bad? It's not bad per se, but it does. It can indicate that a company is is expensive. It, 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 it's expensive to buy in relation to how much money they actually make, which when you're in the environment that we're in now and – that kind of a thing is not is not in vogue anymore. Then uh, any a lot of high PE stocks kind of get punished. We're just um, we're just in an environment where people are caring more about valuation. That's been the case for six months. It's why you know we've seen this high growth tech names get absolutely hammered. It's why they continue to get hammered. People say, well, when is the pain over? Well, when the valuations become reasonable. But, you know, and on some stocks, they absolutely are. And those stocks aren't really going down that much. But on other stocks, the valuations are still very extreme. And you see a stock like Shopify is trading with P of 100 or 200, whatever it is. The valuation is just not reasonable. 
So it's growth at an expensive price, not growth at a reasonable price. So there's a reason, you know, Google is still getting hit, but it's held up better than a lot of these other stocks. I mean, the Apples, because the valuations aren't nuts, but they're not cheap either. So, I mean, Google's trading probably, what, 25 times, 24 times? Yeah. So maybe 23. I mean, market multiple 17, so it's still kind of expensive. Relative there, boy, there, if you want a, if you want a, a, a chart level here, of levels. oh my gosh. This this is a uh, March low. Uh, that's uh, well late February low. Holy macro! This is and then uh, monthlies too. This is uh, I know you don't ever want to sell this one, Dennis, because you got too much profit in it. But holy moly! This hey, is hey, so Google fun. Google reports, Google reports next week. Strap in everyone. Uh, next week is the week. Oh Here's boy! Oh boy! Hey. Uh, we two- know what those monthly charts look like, folks. We know what happens on monthly charts. Now, I know those were other stocks. They were, you know, growth stocks, different PEs. But just the, the price action there, just, I, I I mean, if you've been holding on for this one for a long time, man, oh, man, this 2,500 shaking. This makes me, this makes me even nervous about the overall market, too, going back down to those uh to those uh late february but again when you have you know multiples 22 21 times and it's companies as good as yeah are they going to 10 times 12 times if that happens and if they do you don't want to see where the stock market if they do no no, we're we're not buying google at 10 p i thought we were okay yeah Um, i would actually add to my position at a google 10 p so i think but you know next week to your point spence we get microsoft google Texas Instruments, Facebook, PayPal, Ford, Boeing, Apple, Amazon, Intel, oh! Twitter, MasterCard, Exxon, Mobile, and Chevron. Just if you want to see some oils, Caterpillar, Roku, McDonald's, thousand companies reporting next week. There's just a pile of companies. It's going to be the heart of earnings season. It's going to mm-hmm. tell us really how the consumer is doing, you know, at least to a certain extent. Um, you know, obviously backward looking, but what are the companies saying? What's the guidance look like? That's, That's what I gonna be see. it. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna hop off. I'm. I got Sean coming on, and uh, we're gonna talk about some stocks on his radar. So, everyone, uh, have a good day, and uh, back with you at uh, 10:30 with uh, Rob, pre-market prep with Stock Odds. He's uh he's been working on a, a new thing that uh, really is good. You guys should join. Where uh, he's putting out 10 stocks. Uh, on your own, so you don't have to do all the work of stock odds. But we'll talk about that. At I mean, this is a quantitative approach to the oh, market. Rob oh, Friesen yeah. is all quant. Um, obviously, president of Bright Trading. We're all quantitative traders as well. It's consistent. So the one thing nice, and I've said this before, is you know you're a long only trader. You're looking at well, CNBC or somewhere, or even this show for idea generation. What stocks am I going to buy? That quantitative approach to the market is the most consistent approach there is. We've had three educational events. We've taught about this stuff with Rob Friesen involved. We're going to continue to teach about this stuff. I talk a bit about it on, you know, uh, but obviously you've got to be able to, you know, go both ways back to the Kenny (laughs) click pun from earlier, but you've got to be able to go long and short in a quantitative approach to the market. So I trade everything hedged. Right now, like in my overnight portfolio, which I've, I'm out of a lot of stocks, but I mean, I'm looking at, I have almost equal longs, equal shorts. So, right. I mean, this is just a different approach to the market that really helps to smooth your earnings curve. But the other thing is when you get in these rough bear markets, you can still make money. I mean, Kenny Glick, same story. If you can trade both sides of the market, you can still make money. And it's not, you know, about just, you know, 
being un-American. It's just about inefficiencies. It's about, you know, this company relative to this company, this stock relative to this stock. So I'm usually always hedged in my day trading portfolio, rarely making directional bets. I will. If I'm really convicted, I will. But for the most part, I'm trading what's called market neutral, different type of trading. That's what Rob Friesen talks about. We got we to gotta wrap, and I'm going to go over to our Friday show, All Access, back in the saddle, special Earth Day edition of Earth. All Access. I'm talking to four ESG companies today. So I'll see you guys over right there I'm in a couple go. of minutes. Smash that like button for me, please, and thank you. Subscribe if you haven't already. And that's a wrap. Catch you guys over on our next show. Thanks to Kenny Glick, and uh, good luck today. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.